What's going on, everybody? It's me, Stephen Brown Cortez. You made it to the Why the F Not podcast. Sit back, relax. This is episode 70. And today, I got a friend from college coming in to hang out with me, chit chat, catch up. Uh, she's been a little busy, a little busy lately. Uh, it's been a crazy time for her. She's a uh, She's starring in this uh, in this musical over on uh, over in the East Coast in New York called Hades Town on Broadway. We got Grace Yu in the Why the F Not podcast. Uh, it was it was a pleasure to have Grace Yu on the show and just to, we didn't really talk too much about Hades Town, believe it or not. We did not touch on too much on the show. Just just a little bit on her journey, of course. Uh, but we, uh, we just, we just got, got a chance to really catch up and I got a chance to know my friend a little bit better, you know, hope you, uh, y'all enjoyed this little peek into, into the journey of Grace, you and her journey to Broadway. You know, this is a quick little snippet into that, uh, into that story. But yeah, sit back, relax and enjoy the Why the F Not podcast. Grace, you. start recording now uh and uh, something that's always been happening with this show also before we get started y'all get sit down relax we got grace you uh welcome uh, welcome uh, grace we i got this little thing going on in the show right now where most of my guests are friends from college and so (laughs) shout out go matadors all day (laughs) honestly that's like the best thing i got from csun not even the degree it's just all the people i got to meet Oh, yeah, that's true. So so how you doing, Grace? How how you feeling right now in this moment? Well, I did as you know, just come straight from virtual therapy. Hey, <laughs> telehealth. How's that been for you? One of the many uh blessings from the pandemic. Um so yeah, I think my heart is in this like open space also of just um really being reflective and introspective so it should be fun times hey, <laughs> that's straight cool. to straight into my first uh podcast interview so mm. i feel my i have like a notebook out and a pencil like i'm gonna just write things down and <laughs> <laughs> like my hands are sweating oh man no no need to be nervous you're you're here in a safe space as they say it's just me it's just steven from from csun <laughs> you know i'm just this yeah. weird, this just wild guy here just saying like hey let's chit chat let's get to know each other so yeah i'm glad this worked out yeah me too me too so how's i mean have you been enjoying telehealth like step my my partner stephanie she's a therapist so i've been seeing you know that side of it if you will mm-hmm. with how it is for a therapist to be working from home but I mean, how's the experience been for you as a... Well, interestingly enough, I didn't really use telehealth. Um, it was a lot of the therapists, a lot of therapists. <laughs> I've had to go through several to find the right one. Mm. Um, but it really, they really say it's like dating, you know. it's um, You just kind of, and especially now that it is virtual, there's more of like that, you know extra layer of oh I can't really read your energy like if we were in your room together or office Mm -hmm. however the benefits of doing virtual therapy for not the therapist but for someone receiving therapy is like you are already in your safe space or you know ideally if your home feels like a safe space you are doing therapy from where you feel at home 
as opposed to being in somebody's office. Um, so my previous therapists have kind of been through word of mouth or referrals. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I think I've done it once through some employee assistance program or something. Um, when we were working at Disney, um, oh, right. Oh, right like on. offer the eight free sessions or I think because of the pandemic, they doubled the amount of sessions we could get. Mm. Um, so I remember finding like maybe that was like through telehealth for a second. But yeah, I've mm. just kind of am also on this journey of finding the right therapy for me. <laughs> it totally is like dating because I mean, if you like if you're looking for a therapist, right, if you've gotten to that place where you're like, OK, I have some things I want to sort out. I want to do some, you know some some a mental check-in with myself let's go look for a caregiver a therapist if you will and if mm. that first therapist you find and i had this experience too you know that first therapist you find isn't great you know or like you just get this weird vibe and it's it, it feels like a breakup when you have to go into that next session or email them and be like hi i think i think i'm gonna need to terminate i think i'm gonna mm -hmm. need to find help elsewhere it feels like a, like because you open up yourself like that first session is always so it's such a vulnerable uh session because it's always like the getting to know you letting them know everything about you mm -hmm. more or less depending on you know the person of the course, intake but, yeah yeah <laughs> the intake yeah that's the, like that and then so if you're like you know i've gone through like three therapists or something and like you, you can only say your intake so many times and you're just like god when am i gonna just find a therapist that gets me yeah, I mean, the intake is important, but it's like, I think also um, at a certain point, you're like, wait, I feel like therapy was supposed to help me feel better. Why do I feel worse? Mm. But it's because the beginning is the getting to know you part of like try them also trying to see why you are the way you are um, when we're trying to see um, what we're not yet <laughs> or what we want to become. You know, right. so, yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, how I'm doing right now. <laughs> nice. All right. Yeah, it's always like people are always so scared to get uncomfortable or think like when I feel better, I'm just going to feel like, oh, sunshine and rainbows. But sometimes you got to go through the mud. You got to like go through mm -hmm. that storm you know, go through the pain and just be honest with you. Like, I don't know why people think that crying or feeling anger is necessarily a bad thing. Like, that's something I've personally have had to learn is how to appreciate my anger like not act on it but also don't you know like if i'm angry about something because i'm hurt right i can't ignore that yeah yeah or else more suppression <laughs> right and anger is a tool for communication um and i think i'm also yeah letting myself feel the feels i have always been quite emotional so <laughs> i mean that's why i'm doing this as a living for crying out loud but, but yeah i think society you know um patriarchy toxic masculinity all those things i'm sure play an effect <laughs> for why vulnerability is seen as weakness or you know not encouraged um for all people <laughs> something that keeps bringing keeps coming up in conversations with friends is uh 
is is this idea of you know like the masculine energy and then the more feminine energy and mm-hmm. thinking you know one's better than the other or something but you know I was talking to my friend Pancho the other day and a lot of people there's a lot of like you know back in you know CSUN Chicano studies less classes back there you know we learned a lot that Aztecs and Mayans actually you know they were aware of the mas- masculine and feminine energy and knew that as people we carried a certain level of each one you know mm-hmm. you have more masculine more feminine whatever but then there were those who had both in them equally and they mm-hmm. were appreciated but for some reason yeah in today's day and age the more masculine rough tumble whatever kind of way of being is that's highlighted that is you know put on a pedestal and femininity is seen as weakness yeah i mean isn't it like physically don't we also carry both Mm-hmm. of yeah. the, the estrogen and progesterone like those two hormones like i mean don't call me on this because that's not my ministry but i mean you're like not a doctor. physically I in our you were a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> physically in our bodies i feel like yeah there's the actual manifestation of how we carry both energies mm-hmm. um but yeah it's probably uh people misinterpreting the bible you know that kind of stuff with the whole adam and eve thing like it was your fault Eve, women suck. Just kidding. (laughs) But not really. Dude, TikTok's been blowing my mind when it comes to, like, because I was raised Christian, but, you know, as I grew up, I like to just take in all learnings and teachings, right? I loved learning what Buddhism was, you know, like going to my first Catholic church was so, like, groundbreaking. I was like, this is like a theater rehearsal. Like, y'all have lines and cues y'all look after you know so everyone has their own way of being but the one thing that's been really blowing my mind lately is the idea of christianity uh being connected to psychedelics Ooh, have you heard about that no i i mean listen i try to read the bible every day and definitely not with psychedelics (laughs) but that's something i'm i might be open to in the future Girl, but... there, there is a book right now that I just started reading that everyone and you know everyone who like who like goes oh mushrooms are fun they always go into this book it's called the sacred mushroom and the cross which was wow. a book the Catholic Church actually tried to just get this book destroyed forgotten like sure. no one wants to know about this book anymore like at least the Catholic Church because it basically long I, I haven't finished it but from what I've you know from like the summaries and people talking about it the Sacred Mushroom and the Cross is a book dep- like laying out how Christianity all came from fertility rituals and psychedelic mushrooms. Whoa. That's radical. Just think, like like and, and even in the Bible, right? Like you, you said you read the Bible and I've read not all the Bible, but I've read my favorite. I, I don't know why I like revelations. I like all the crazy, mm. the angels and the trumpets and like the really crazy. lots of psychedelic presence. Did we just listen to, or did, did we just lose a couple of listeners by mentioning the word Bible? <laughs> Dude, I, no, <laughs> are you kidding me? There's, there's like yesterday's episode with Pancho. We talked about, I mean, both episodes I've done with Pancho so far, we've talked about Christ and like the idea of, uh, like when Jesus was around, like there's, and this is, this is something I heard from TikTok too, that when Jesus was around, Jesus was here saying like, I am the Christ, right? I am the son of God, whatever his, he wasn't trying to make students. He wasn't on this world to make students. He was here to make leaders. He was here to show us how to be the way so that we can realize that I am Christ as well. You all are Christ. 
you know, that he was trying to make leaders. And I don't know, then there's that whole divinity of Jesus. And was that just created by the church so he can be another idol so that people can follow? Because the more I learn about Jesus, like if Jesus was alive today, he would be persecuted. He would be spat upon just like back in the day because he'd be a hippie. He'd be a chill hippie with peace and love, just not n- n- hugging all, all the brothers and sisters and everyone in between. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I think that Jesus today would not be a producer of that, of that Hamilton production that was <laughs> done at that church in Texas. I will say that the Jesus I think of today would not have been a producer of that production. But um, yeah, I don't know. I... I'm trying to also unlearn lots of things because I also grew up, you know, Christian in these Korean Presbyterian or Baptists or churches. Like there's a lot of unlearning um, that has happened for me too with just how I lead my life or how I even read this text, how I view others, how others view me. But um yeah, it's this, you know, I think you also hear like a lot of the Christians say like the corny stuff of like, it's not a religion, man. It's a relationship. But <laughs> that's how I like to think of it, actually. Like it really is your personal relationship with the divine and, you know, take it, take it, you know, what you will from that. But Yeah. Isn't that all teachings and religions in this world, right? They're all supposed to be something to help guide you, to center you, to help you feel connect with something bigger than yourself. Your higher self. (laughs) Sure. You know, all those things. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Dude, the raddest part about the Bible for me is that people take everything so literal from it, but it's one of the most cryptic texts we have. Like the, there's so everything is done in metaphors, imagery, you know, it's, it's very poetic, you know, stories, stories. Yeah. Themes. Right. Like, can I pour water by the way? Is that gonna, how dare you? My sound is ruined. ASMR. (laughs) Wait, ASMR. Wait, you can't even hear it. You gotta bring it up close to the mic. Great. Great. No, 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 no. That's good. That's good to know. Milo's upset. My dog Milo's upset. He's deaf, but he was hoping for that ASMR. (laughs) You probably want some water. But, <laughs> but yeah. But see that I love this conversation because that's the YDF now. We just go off whatever you know, wherever <laughs> the conversation flows. I like it. I dig it. Yes. So let me, flows from Jesus. From Jesus. <laughs> no, you're talking about that Hamilton production from that church. They did that Hamilton show, but they also had like a Christmas production where it was Jesus Christ of Nazareth. My name is uh, Jesus. Have you seen that? No, I actually haven't seen either of them. I've just seen it, you know, floating around in the news and things, but I have not gotten I, I got the bootleg if you want. I got the subreddit bootleg link. I think I'm okay. <laughs> I think the whole I think the whole thing uh is on YouTube already, but I just haven't really had the interest <laughs> I, I, fair enough fair enough i just uh-huh. i feel bad for those actors like those kids because a lot of them were just like i don't know they couldn't be older than 18 mm. oh that's yeah that's something i didn't even really think about like, um directors producers whoever was behind this show they're the ones trying to put this show out but then these kids on stage like the guy playing burr some people were like yo that kid's good like he's he's actually good 
Or even the kids that suck. I feel bad for them. They're being, like, ridiculed. And it's not even their fault. They're like, oh, I'm just in this church. And, yeah, they're going to put on a production. I thought, here's my chance. Well, this is why we started this episode with why therapy can be beneficial. (laughs) (laughs) So if any of those kids are listening, I'm sorry. But also, I highly recommend therapy. Therapy. As a tool to help. It should definitely not hinder, you know, your growth as an artist. I'm, like, literally, like, sitting here talking to them as if, you know. I mean, maybe they will. Maybe they will hear this They're listening right day. now to this. But uh, do not be discouraged. <laughs> you know, we all but start yeah. somewhere. That, that was I, their yeah. start. That could have been their start. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely done, definitely not Hamilton, but I've definitely done skits and plays and musicals at churches. I mean, it's where I started singing. Yeah. What a beautiful tangent. All right. I was I was going to take us off to that tangent right there. Where did it all begin for you, Grace? Where did the itch start? Ooh. Honestly, probably from my parents. I feel like my parents definitely had aspirations and dreams or you know, definitely interests and hobbies in like singing or dancing, but that was either denied, suppressed or brushed off as like not being a realistic dream you know Mm -hmm. which I feel like that's why they have been so supportive of my journey like I do not have the Asian whatever tiger mom you have to be a lawyer doctor I never had that kind of pressure growing up um but yeah like I said I grew up singing in church um but also maybe even before then like karaoke rooms I mean, Koreans love karaoke. Like, it's not these karaoke bars where you sing in front of strangers. That, like, I don't want to do that. You should pay me to do that. But (laughs) these private Korean karaoke rooms, which also sounds pretty sketchy, but... Those are the best. You just go with Because they are. Yeah. (laughs) They can be sketchy, but no, the ones you go with your friends... It used to be, yeah, like, or I would go with my parents and their friends when we were kids, and, like, I just remember, like, belting My Heart Will Go On and impressing the whole room, you know, just singing my little heart out, and um, the rest is history. <laughs> rest is history. Well, I mean, let's, 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 let's dive a little deeper. I mean, if you don't mind sharing, oh, who are your parents? Like, what, what's their story? Like, you know, long story short, I'm, I'm sure, but if you could. Yeah, long story short, I'll try. I mean, I'm, I guess what Americans would say, first generation American, but actually in Korean culture, I'm technically second generation. They call me second generation. How so? My parents immigrated from Korea. Uh, Johnny and Anna. That there's um, there's the American names because you can't pronounce Singchan and Nahyeon really well in America. <laughs> but literally, they met in Korea, kind of a uh, blind date, maybe. I don't even really know the specifics, but um, my dad was already planning to come to the states to study at UT Austin. Um, he wanted to become a teacher. And um, he was trying to get his master's to become, you know, yeah, an English teacher, teaching English as a second language program. So he basically, like, gave my mom the jailbreaker. Hey, you coming with me or <laughs> or not? <laughs> and so they just got married, like, six months of knowing each other. 
and moved to the United States, to Texas. Um, And I just remember stories of them, like, and how they were introduced to actually Christianity, right, is because my dad kind of grew up atheist and my mom grew up Catholic. Um, But how they, you know, came to this Presbyterian church was that this pastor would help a lot of these, like, immigrants from Korea or students, you know, and really take care of them, like, gave gave my parents a car, found them, like, I think just, like, place, like, you know, a place to live, just, like, a lot of support, you know? Yeah. And that's, I think, also how they started going, you know, out to church. Um, but, yeah, I just remember stories of them, like, working as janitors together in this office building, uh, working in backs of kitchens, like, you know, laundromats, like, the whole thing. Wow. <laughs> How the old whole were they at that point? For the, probably um, in their mid twenties. Yeah, mid twenties. Yeah, and so young already, and just so young. And they had me when they were thirty hmm. in California. So they like the plan was to go back to Korea to teach, but you know, American bug, American dream bug, and then <laughs> they just decided to stay and build a life here. Um, and they moved to California and then the rest is history. <laughs> I'm just going to end every segment with the rest is history. You just, uh, you, you just gave me the title for, uh, <laughs> for the, the episode. Rest <laughs> the rest is her story. Oh, I love it. Let's do that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, that's a very like truncated version of story of, you know, my parents, like. There's the layers, many, many layers of uh, Anna and Johnny's story, but I might save that for the book I'm writing in the future. Oh, all right. <laughs> and then you'll come back and promote it. It'll be a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be <laughs> full circle. Um, oh, that's beautiful but to I don't hear. Know. Yeah. That's beautiful to hear. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Brian Tran the other day. Shout out, Brian Tran. Hey. Uh, and... We, we, both of us share with you that same thing that we're both first generation mm. and uh, him and him and I have something uncommon to you where our parents aren't necessarily watering the seed that is, you know, our passions or dreams. Right. Mm. So it's just beautiful to see that, you know, your parents came here, they worked their, their, their butts off. Right. And, and then they see, they have this kid and then this kid's like, yo, I want to sing and dance, play pretend all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, sure. You know, I mean, listen, I actually wanted to become a teacher my whole life. Really? That's why I went to CSUN. I went to CSUN specifically to become a, to receive my multiple subject credential and my bachelor's degree in four years because Cal State Northridge had that program. It's called ITEP. Wait, time out. What, so, wait, so what was your major at CSUN? I started out in this cohort program, mm-hmm. ITEP, mm-hmm. and it was like liberal studies major, but you were literally going to graduate with a degree and your credential because I wanted to, uh, my focus was, uh, elementary education. Uh-huh. Like since I was four, that's all I wanted to be. I wanted to be a teacher. Like I come from a family, like my dad's side, you know, my dad wanted to be a teacher. My grandpa was a principal and like a PE teacher. Like it's just, I literally, yeah, that was my whole dream until CSUN. Cause was CSUN, 
if you will, the first taste of glory for you because you starred in, in, ah, in and plays and musicals in CSUN, right? So it's like, was that the was that really the first place like where you started shining? Then prior to that, you were just like, I'm gonna be a teacher. This is just a hobby. I mean, maybe we are just shining our whole lives. But we just don't know it yet. But the first taste of glory, the first taste of glory is funny. I mean, yeah, I guess I'm I'm used to like performing and things because also one of my mom's suppressed hobbies like by her parents that was denied to her was dancing mm. um like i think when she was a kid she wanted to like dance do this like korean drum dance thing or something and like this is a like dramatized version of that story but it was like her mom pulled her off the stage because that was like a no-no so when my mom you know growing up for us she like wanted to rekindle this hobby or not rekindle it i guess so she joined like a korean traditional dance studio and i also my sister and i younger sister and i we would just go and learn korean traditional dance as well no and that's way. yeah and that's where we would perform in like these parades and different events like in koreatown like um and it was also in that studio we would like learn a little bit of hip-hop jazz ballet tap like a little bit that's why when people ask if I'm a dancer, I used to say that I'm a sampler basket because I'm not like heavily trained in any one. Like I'm very much fake it till you make it strong mover to this mm. day. Um, I know some people would disagree because, you know, I've just gotten good <laughs> at making it. But I'm about that strong mover. That is my that is my identity, strong mover identity. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm like I was used to performing. And I think also when I was in kindergarten, my kindergarten teacher really wanted me to play Dorothy in Wizard of Oz. Mm. And I like refused. And my mom bribed me with candy. And then I ended up doing it. Wait, and is that the, is that from, because uh, I, I was, before the interview, I was stalking your Instagram. And mm -hmm. I saw the, the performance you did on the Steve Harvey show. And, yeah. and there's that picture of you as Dorothy. Is it that performance? Is yeah, that performance where she put way too much makeup on my face but it's okay um so just the great irony of that of like i did not want to do this when i was that age but now it's what i do every day wow and wild for, and for those that don't know who aren't aware of of uh where grace you is now where she's come from you know like and all that good stuff so Broadway, that's where you are right now. Like, well, you're not on, you're in your apartment, but you're performing on Broadway in the Broadway show, Hades, Hades Town. Yep, I have five calls in two hours. <laughs> oh my gosh, in two hours! I'm so we're, we're lucky to have you here before that. But so okay, so I mean, let's let's talk about Hades Town. How's I mean? Sure. I feel like asking how that's been is kind of redundant because it's like, well, I bet it's been amazing. But like, what's what was what's the journey that led you to Hades Town? Oh, geez. Um, just specifically with this production, right? Because if we were to talk about the journey that led to Hadestown, that's like a six-year, six-hour conversation. Where did that start? Like, I, I, I wouldn't mind picking up there. Well, I think I just, you know, going back to, like, CSUN wasn't actually the first place where I did, you know, plays and musicals. Like, in high school, actually, mm. was when I really got introduced to theater. Um because my really close friends were, you know, we just need to have one elective where we're all together in the same room because high school is so big and scary and drama was that class. But I ended up 
doing drama for all four years in my <laughs> <laughs> of my high school. Um, did they like disperse? Did they did those friends in freshman year like stay in theater also? They've gone on to do, you know, greater things like ASB president very much, you know, and like, I think one of them joined like the flag team. And, you know, we just all had our own and, and became like an anchor for like our news. We had a CBTV, yeah. shout out to Senate Valley High School. We had, you know, <laughs> so like we just kind of, you know, branched off into finding our own places where we were meant to, you know, but yeah, bloom where you're planted, right? So right. I think that's what had happened. But we all started in drama one two with uh, Miss Chapler and Mr. Beerman. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's where I, I think my first like professional theater that I ever saw. I mean, besides like the ones when I saw when I was a little kid, but it was Wicked. Yeah, where? Uh, at the Pantages. This was oh. one of the touring companies because they tour very regularly. And I remember, like, you know, how many people have said Defying Gravity was, like, their defining moment. But it really was of just, like, oh, this person gets to do that every day, like, and that's their job. I want to do that. And, yeah. I But I was still wanting to be a teacher because that seemed like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like... I didn't apply to any UCs or any, you know, private universities. I just like knew about this teaching program at at CSUN. And that's why I've also faced a lot of like backlash from my peers being like, why are you limiting yourself? (laughs) I'm like, well, well, you're deciding to go to a UC undeclared and undecided while I'm choosing to go to Cal State Northridge, graduate without any student loans and also have a credential and a degree, so... <laughs> what am I doing wrong again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was, you know, no shade, but it was, like, looked down upon. I'm just like, oh, Cal State, Northridge, it's like the commuter school, blah, 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 not an Ivy League. But I'm like, whatever. I'm not, I have, I graduated loan, like, debt-free. Same here. Thank you, Cal State, Northridge. Thank you, FAFSA. Thank you, Cal State Northridge. Cal Grants. <laughs> Thank you to high school me that made sure I applied for as many scholarships as I could. Like, pat on the back for that. You know, just, yeah. So I guess that's where the why the F not attitude starts. Of just like, why not? And it's funny that it's the why the F not because my, there's a really good friend of mine. We always say, why can't it be me? <laughs> 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 and that has also, um, shaped a lot of my journey of like why can't it be me (laughs) yeah um but yeah i think that's that kind of led me to csun and i think it was literally freshman year i was reading my child adolescent development textbook and i really missed performing like i really missed theater and i was like no this is not the right thing to do Actors are narcissists and self-absorbed, and you're so self <laughs> you're so self-consumed. And teaching is such a noble career. Um, and this was like when I was also in my like holy phase. I was like, Jesus was a teacher. <laughs> Jesus would not approve of like the actors who always want to be in the spotlight. But then I was like, excuse me, Jesus was a great storyteller mm-hmm. and a teacher, but also he told great stories. 
and actually was kind of in the spotlight a lot. <laughs> like he had a lot of fans. <laughs> I know he had 12 followers, but like, you know, he had a lot of, he had a lot of fans. And, um, and then it was then in, I think the second year at CSUN, they developed this musical theater minor program. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. I can get the best of both worlds. So I dropped out of that cohort and just decided I'll just get my credential like after I get my degree, but I want to try this minor and, you know, like be connected back to theater again. And it, it was like second semester of junior year, I changed my major to theater. So it's wait. never too late. <laughs> holy, wait, holy shit. Excuse never my too late, y'all. Wow. Junior year, you just changed it up. Because I was going to say that that's the good thing about CSUN for their theater department is that you can be a business major, right? You don't have to be a theater major to audition for their shows. Mm-hmm. A lot of schools, like you, I think UCLA, you have to be a theater major or whatever. You have to, but like certain schools, they have restrictions. Not and not just anyone can audition for the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just switched over, and we're like, I'm a theater major okay. now. Did what? What? What was the pivoting moment? What? What was that moment? To be, was it after taking the musical theater minor? You know, I, I graduated in five years, um, not because of the. Uh, teaching thing obviously because obviously I converted to theater but I took I had taken a semester off to go compete in this like Korean singing reality competition show Uh like it was like X Factor meets the voice like whatever so I ended up being in the top 34 but I had to leave um yeah I had to skip a semester of school to go to Korea wow how long were you there for Oh gosh, I want to say maybe like a month or two months. Okay. But yeah, like it was kind of fast. Um, was it a lot of waiting around or just like boom, 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 like they had you on a regimen for the show? I think the initial auditions were kind of fast. And then you go to like this boot camp, um, kind of like what American Idol does now, I think, uh-huh. where, you know, and then. It's like at this big ski resort retreat center, and it's just like there were more rounds done there. And then in order to get the top 20, that's when they we were back in the studio and had like makeup and hair and we had, you know, performances, um, but didn't make top 20. Um, but I did come back thinking like, oh, this is cool. Maybe I should do this. And it kind of worked out perfectly because I had you know, added the minor, I, cause your first two years of college are to just knock out electives. Mm. So this is why I welcome, like, please go to community college, get your credits there. So you don't have to be in debt forever. Like, and then transfer. There's nothing wrong with that. That is anyway, that's a, you're talking about the, G, the G's, a, right? Like, yes, just like those G. general elective classes, like your math, your English, whatever. Yes. Yes. Oh, you, you definitely go not, to a CC. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, community college for sure. But that is like a lot of the lie that is sold to, you know, college-bound kids of like, no, you, that's. It's that classist mentality, honestly. Sure. And then just the experience of like, you know, you want to go away, you know, be, you know, be independent. But you know what? 
you you graduating without student loan debts, that's independence right there. <laughs> that's financial freedom. So just like think about that. Uh huh. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, that's why I kind of decided um, to do theater or to just do theater full time. Give it over, yeah. <laughs> Give it over, and then my last like year at CSUN, I took another semester off again. Well, not a semester off, but I went to be an exchange student at an art school in Korea. Whoa, wait, an art school? So did you perform there also? They had you... Um, so I was at a university there, Seoul Institute of the Arts, and this was like an opportunity that literally took miracles to make, but like shout out to Professor AJ, um, Ajung Kim, like oh, AJ. truly my mentor and... Wow, I'm what a gift to have had her part of my college like career journey because honestly, I'm not gonna lie. There were moments when I wouldn't I wouldn't use the word. I have to be very careful about the word trauma, but like some of those teachers like really I could tell were putting like lowering the sky for me. This is something my friend said the other day in a conversation. Wait, but, which teachers? The teachers at CSUN? I'm not going to shout out those teachers, but... Oh, we don't, we don't, we don't got to burn them up, but no, for sure. Yeah, I understand yeah. what you're saying. Because this is also like, you know, for for kids who are in marginalized communities, when you go to these schools, whether it's a conservatory or an art school or you're in an arts program, like, or any program, I guess, just institutionalized education, like, the systemic, like, racism and problematic things are still embedded in everything. Like you said with the classes thing earlier, like, it's just everywhere. So it is it is harmful to, you know, students who are wanting to be artists, and this is a very formative time, you know, but you're also having to deal with, like, the BS of racism and institutionalized things. Like, you really have to fight harder. Like, to get to that point of why can't it be me? Why the F not? Like you really have to push back harder. Like it's hard for everyone. There's like 98% of actors who are unemployed at all times Jeez, yeah. in our, in our union. Right. So, but I'm saying for people in marginalized communities, I don't know. For me, I feel like it's the thing that I don't know if it was Audra McDonald said it, but just working twice is hard to get, half as far or just having to be like five times as good yeah just to even be seen it's rough it's rough yeah and so that, yeah. Whole, that whole sky someone's lowering your sky it reminds me of like this story i know i'm gonna repeat it forever because it's actually it's a steve harvey story it's one of the story because that that man just spews gold on his show you know when he's just talking <laughs> to the audience and uh there's one story he talked about like you know a flea how high a flea can jump and that, you know, a flea can jump as high as, as like, you know, his waist, he said. You know, he's like, it can jump real high. But if you put that flea in a Tupperware container, it'll try to jump just as high, but it's going to keep hitting that top. And if mm -hmm. that flea has a baby in that Tupperware container, that baby's going to see its parent jumping as high as that top and then register, that's how high I can jump. You take, oh. those, you take those fleas out of that Tupperware container, you'll notice they still jump only that high. They don't yeah. jump as high as they thought they could before. It's because, mm. you know, your sky is lowered. You're told, no, you can't jump that high. And, you know, someone seeing someone, you know, a young Korean girl seeing someone like you leading a show on Hades Town, you're now showing them, oh, I can jump that high. 
Why yeah. not? Why not me? Why like, can't it be me? Yeah. And I don't. It must have been harder for you. Like I, I don't want to speak for you, but like not beating. I don't know how many. You know, like you know, quick. You know, name your favorite. You know, Korean Broadway actor. You know, you know, <laughs> the last ten, fifteen years, twenty years, right? Name your favorite. You know, I don't. I don't know how many you had to look up to growing up, but like now, now young girls, young, you know, Korean boys, whoever, like just seeing another Korean person just on that stage leading it rises mm-hmm. their, their sky, their heaven is now higher. They're like, Oh wait, time out. Look at all this. Uh, yeah. space. Oh my gosh. Oh, that got me emotional, <laughs> but it's yeah. Like teachers, the teachers would try to put me in these Tupperware containers. Like you should learn Miss Saigon. You should learn King and I, because I'm Asian. <laughs> um, why not, why not why Janet I, Vanegraaff from from uh, Drowsy Chaperone? Why not roles like that? You know. Well, that's why I sang Legally Blonde for one of my juries. <laughs> Good. Good. Um, you know, and I think yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of Tupperware trying to put me in Tupperware happening um a lot of the times you know um i think it was like anyway we can move on from that <laughs> but no, that we, i mean we don't have to if you, don't want, if you want to if you want to we can for sure but i just want to let you know as like another person on this earth right seeing someone like you someone i went to school with someone who i consider a friend seeing you achieve these things honestly inspires me and like gives gives me hope that like you know like oh yeah we all can do this look you know we see robert knight you know he has his success we see pat b killing it you know we have all these friends that you know that we've met in our lives we see all of them you know removing their tupperware tops and saying like no (laughs) i can too i can too yeah and you know i i do appreciate that you know we had productions where someone like robert got to be our sweeney sweeney Mm -hmm. todd you know like that was so awesome to see and you know i remember like auditioning for that in korea um and i auditioned for or i was called back for johanna or something like that joanna 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 Joanna. yeah joanna Uh, (laughs) yo don't be singing for free here people gotta pay for that voice (laughs) i mean just under eight bars is fine but joanna yeah and i was like whoa i can are you sure like it talks about how her hair is yellow and stuff but Again, it's like, why the F not? Obviously, I didn't, you know, do do that role, but, um, no. you know, and then just, yeah, the resume from college was very much like, I got to do Avenue Q, Avi, Christmas Eve. I was, you know, in Yellow Face, like, which is great. But again, it felt like also Tupperware time, Tupperware time as well. Right. Um. However, the whole thing with that was I remember being in Yellowface and then the Christmas Eve had dropped out of Avenue Q because she like got this other production outside. And that's when like I had Dr. David Axe come to the dressing room before my performance of Yellowface and be like, how would you like to be our Christmas Eve? And I felt like, I kid you not, I felt like I won American Idol. (laughs) (laughs) Professor David Axe, excuse me, you came to my dressing room to ask me if I won a role? Yes. I mean, I love, I love doing Yellowface as well. Like David Henry Huang, legend, right? Iconic. But also like, I remember walking by that 
it was the bigger theater. Mm. And I remember walking by and like hearing the singing and hearing like all the puppetry going on and like, oh, like wanting to so be a part of that. And then it just happened. Did you just manifest that? Wait, excuse me? I don't know. Um, but apparently it works. It works. So, so yeah, I think well, like going back to Korea, I was like, well, I'm in Korea because here I can be Elwood and Legally Blonde and nobody has a problem with that. Right. It's all in Korean. I can speak Korean fluently. So I was like, let me maybe just try to work in Korea. So while I was there as an exchange student, I would like go to these open calls. And just I don't know. Clean I don't house. know who that girl was. I don't know who that girl was that was just like looking up auditions on Korea's backstage.com situations and just like showing up. And I remember I auditioned for once in Korea, like <laughs> sang, sang the hill in Korean, learn how to play that song on piano, would be in the practice room for hours, just like trying to play the piano, like play that song and sing in Korean. And I got pretty far. I got to meet the director and the producers. So, and they were like, oh, you can speak English. And I was like, yeah, I'm American. <laughs> like, oh, cool. We're from San Diego. So, you know, it's just, there's a lot of like, you know, Western mu- musicals that get transferred to Korea um, because capitalism. Yeah. And uh, they do really well. They do really well in Korea in these mega, mega theaters. So I was like, well, if I could just do that here, cool. Um, but I think when I got there, like it was like a different Tupperware container where there was one professor who was like, you're not, you're, you're too American. You're not Korean enough. Oh. And I was just like, well, fine. I'm going to go to Broadway because English is my first language anyway. So see you later. Gee, dude, it's, it sounds like what, remember, you remember in Selena, the movie with, with friggin' Edward James almost as her dad being like. You know, like being Chicano is hard. You know, you have to be you're not Mexican enough for the Mexicans. You're not American enough for the Americans. And I feel like that's what happened to you. You weren't Korean enough for the Koreans. And then like for the Americans, you're not whatever they want. You know, I'm still a foreigner. Yeah. You know, to this day. Yeah. It's so it's going back to just shows. Right. Like I feel like (laughs) when it comes to shows, race, gender, whatever, I feel like a lot of that can be bended as long as it doesn't change the story. Right. Like ragtime. Ragtime mm-hmm. race plays an integral part, you know, just because of the story they're trying to say, right? So it's a little difficult mm-hmm. to make Cole House Walker Jr. not black. You know? Right, right. You I was in that production, though, um, in the, you know, immigrant side. And I did say that um, I was a Siberian Jew. And of course, <laughs> my husband was also Asian. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I understand. It's like it comes down to authorial intent. Yeah, but- That's why. With Hamilton, it's like anyone can play. Race isn't a, an integral part of that show. That, like that, that, like if racism is like something you're trying to point out, because like theater is always really good at like saying the things that the society what doesn't want to say, right? You know, whatever that's you know being a, a group of people being put down or a story, whatever. You know, it's good to just you know get that get that voice out. Uh, but I just feel like there's a lot of like why can't Elle Woods be you know. A black girl with blonde hair, or an Asian girl with blonde hair, or you know, like, or and, you know, why not? You know, which that... those productions are happening, like in West End, and even I think out here somewhere regionally, like, so people are being more aware. Oh, good. <laughs> that you know, yeah, why not? Why not? 
Why can't it be me? Why can't it be me? Dude, that's that's going to be the title for this episode. Grace, you. Why can't it be me? <laughs> why can't it be me? You know, um, just I think that's what I said on that interview, too, of just wanting to be the first Asian and American Cinderella on Broadway or first, you know, Korean American Elphaba on Broadway. Um, just so many things, you know. Um, when people ask, like, what role do you see yourself playing or what role do you want to play? Like, I truly don't know how to answer because I think I am that flea that keeps jumping to this Tupperware container of like, oh, well, they're going to probably cast a white person or which is ironic because I think a lot of white actors today are thinking the opposite of like, they're probably going to go ethnic. Yeah. <laughs> They're but a little that's nervous your now. Tupperware container that you have to <laughs> lift off, and that is not our responsibility. Let me just say that <laughs> out there. Um, so, yeah, I think I came back, and I was like, well, then, if English is my first language and I'm more comfortable, like, maybe I'll just try working here. And um, the rest is her story. Oh <laughs> yeah, it's her story. Look where you are. All right, I think this is a good time to pivot into my favorite segment of the show. There is a segment, an official segment, because I don't want to take too much time away from you before your fight call. Uh, so, are you? Uh, have you ever watched Inside the Actor Studio? I think so. Back in the day with uh, James Lipton, he would interview actors and actresses, ask them questions and whatnot. Uh-huh. Is this like a speed round thingy? Not a speed round. I don't want you to feel like you have to be rushed for these questions. So it's, okay. ten, it's ten questions. Uh, deceptively simple. Uh, it's a good way to just get to, get, get, get to know, know you a little better. Uh, again, very, very simple questions. Deceptively simple. Uh, and take your time. You can answer as much or as little as you want for each question. Sound okay. good? Okay. Okay. All right. Here we go. Question number one. <laughs> nervous what is your favorite word what is my favorite word I can't do favorite stuff because I'm such an indecisive person <laughs> favorite word do people pass or skip and come back to it no nope, we wait <laughs> we wait oh god in the awkward silence of it all um, my favorite word. What's your favorite word? My favorite word. Let's. Oh God, people usually flip it on me later on in the questions. They don't do it so early. <laughs> my favorite word is nuance. Nuance. It's a it's a fun word to say, and also I just love the definite just that there's nuance in everything and people and conversations. That's why i love you know my podcast too the nuance in a conversation the ups and downs you know we had laughs together there's a moment you got emotional there's moments we were silent loud uh different levels so yeah nuance right now courage it's gonna change because people change mm -hmm. <laughs> okay question number two <laughs> <laughs> all right question number two what is your least favorite word? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Maybe I should have thought of these, um, research these 10 questions beforehand. My least favorite word. Is it cliche if I say no? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, no. Great response. No great response. Next question. Very on brand with why the F not. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no? Cool. It's your favorite, least favorite word. Dig it. Dig it. Next question. What turns you on? What makes you happy? Mm, mm, mm. That's why I asked. That's why we have a follow up to that one because. <laughs> okay. People, misunderstand, people <laughs> misunderstand the intentions of that question. What brightens you up? Makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And it has to only be one? I mean, it, not necessarily. Like, it doesn't have to be like, oh, this chapstick makes me happy. It can be anything from a feeling or a situation or anything. Like, what makes you happy? What brightens you up? Uh, I mean, pretty simple. Um, I feel like most humans might feel this way, but food, mm. nature, <laughs> <laughs> quality time with, um, you know, people. Yeah. And yeah. Beautiful. Food, nature, quality time with people, laughter. Or that's not really a thing, is it? Totally is. <laughs> laughter <laughs> laughter makes you happy. Fun fact. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Why not? Next question. What turns you off? Oh wait, can we go back? Yes. Because I forgot to add under that umbrella of food is Master Chef Junior. <laughs> and now it's like a new thing where it's a great British bake off. But also, they have a great British Bake Off Junior. I haven't started um, that one yet. I'm excited. It's so cute. Like, just the Great British Bake Off was such a, like, a safe haven for me during <laughs> pandemic. But now that it's these kids speaking with these dialects, you're like, this is even more amazing. And truly, truly, MasterChef Junior is why I um, decided to go to this culinary school for 20 weeks. Wow. Because they made me happy and they were very passionate about food and creating and cooking. And I think chefs are artists also. Mm -hmm. Unsung heroes. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Anyway, so what turns me off? Bad breath. I'm just kidding. (laughs) What What turns me off? Um... Um, what's the opposite of kindness? Malice. Um, malice. I was like, unkindness. <laughs> <laughs> I think that turns me off. Hmm. All right. Right on. Like when, yeah, when people say or do unkind things or, yeah, just bleed negative energy. Yeah. Because I'm like a sponge. An empath. Which is like a double-edged sword sometimes. Mm-hmm. But when it's like, yeah. Anyway, we can move on to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. No, wonderful, wonderful. Here we go. Next question. What sound or noise do you love? Sound or noise do I? What sound or noise do you love? Uh, do you answer this in every interview? I do this <laughs> in people every... ask, mm-hmm. ask I... you back. They don't ask me. No, I, there's only uh, the in two questions is the question people ask me in return, but people don't really ask me in return. They just get stunned by uh, by the question. They're like, "What? 
My favorite word. Oh. <laughs> yeah, what's your favorite sound or what was the second thing? Sound or noise. Sound or noise. Sound or noise. Sound or noise. I'm mm -hmm. a big fan of the, uh, just because I play a lot of video games, I'm a big fan of the PlayStation 2 startup sound. When you turn on the PlayStation. PlayStation. <laughs> no, that's the PlayStation 1. That's the mm. first PlayStation. It'd be like, and then like it was like PlayStation. But like the second PlayStation that came out, when you would turn it on, it was like this like ethereal, open, heavenly sound with like, it wasn't even music. It was just like sound being synthesized, right? And it was it was... Very ethereal. I think that's the best way to describe it. It was like you're ready to play a game, and I'm like, let's escape. But that's that's one of my favorite sound or noises. I feel like I'd be such a cool person if I said something like the Law and Order sound, like dun dun. <laughs> but um, wow, I feel very nerdy. Nah, be nerdy. What is it? I think it's stuff like um. Oh, you know what? Actually, it's like the calculator sound. Ooh. Or not calculators, but like keyboards, you know, ASMR. And that looks like an old school calculator, so that must be nice and clicky. I mean, it's solar powered, but Ooh. bamboo. Just like ASMR keyboard apparently is like a thing, so I'm very much... I love... I've always loved typing. I would do typing tests for fun. I know. That's fun. Did I you, know. You know about these... Have you ever seen those customized keyboards where... The mm -hmm. sound they make is like that's where the design goes into, into what the sound is, what the pressure is and stuff. It's the sound or like the cute, like color coordinated or like people who put on like Pokemon things on their keyboards. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not like that, that there yet, but um, <laughs> I love the clickety clackities and I also love like water, like hearing mm. rivers, oceans. Waters also like release that negative ion, so like it does have that calming effect. Um, it takes away like the negative energy. Um, I saw it on TV once. Don't quote me on it. But um, and like turning of pages is that so nerdy? I mean, maybe, but what's wrong with that? But just like that's this is why I can't do audiobooks. Like I just mm, I want to tactile feel and sound. Yeah, yeah, of the page turning. Yeah. I'm here for it. Nice. I mean, there's probably a lot more, like, food-related sounds. <laughs> like, sizzling and bubbling. Like, I'm here for it. But that's what I think of right now. Dig it. And see, that's exactly why I love asking these questions. Because, like, if you ever do come back onto the show, I'll ask you these questions again. Or I have a second set of questions that I've started asking returning mm -hmm. guests. So if, mm. they, if the answers change, even better. You know, again... People are nuanced even in their lives. You know, your favorite mm -hmm. word changes. Your fa your least favorite word changes. You know, it's, and yeah. It's interesting. It, it's it. You get I, again. It's like a, getting a little peek into that person. Just a little peek. Ooh. You know. Okay. Let's see. Next question: What sound or noise do you hate? Oh. Hmm. What sound or what sound or noise do you hate? <laughs> I'm just gonna keep <laughs> deflecting to you. Silence. I hate silence. <laughs> oh. Is that your answer? Oh, I don't know, but that kind of is also a really good one because obviously I hate it so much I'm deflecting to you to like answer. Oh, now, now I want to challenge you and not even answer and just let let us sit uh, in the silence. I like the silence. Oh, God. I've heard, I've heard once that's where you find God in the silence. <laughs> 
well, maybe that's why God is hard to find for me lately. But I also <laughs> live in New York City, so. Never quiet. Um, you know, I actually know what I hate. I also hate the sensation of this. It's like freaking metal scraping against my teeth. Uh. It's like nails on a chalkboard to me. People like, you know, that. Yeah. I'm not going to reenact it because I hate it. I, I hate how it feels. I hate how it sounds. Yeah. Anyway, that's my least favorite noise. <laughs> um, I just got tuning in. <laughs> we both went on pee break, so. <laughs> I love it. And that's exactly when I started recording. So we caught that on, on, uh, on audio. <laughs> hey. All right. Stay hydrated. Oh, oh, heck yeah, this drought, Jesus. Uh, all right, so next question. I believe we just finished with sound or noise do you hate. Next we have, what's your favorite curse word? My favorite curse word? Oh, man. What do I use a lot? Also, like, you know, I still have a weird relationship with cursing because there's, like, the past legalist Christian girl, goody yeah. two-shoes of, like, you can't swear. Um, I feel like I've said lately, I could ask my boyfriend. <laughs> it's, probably, <laughs> it's probably, like, fucking. Like, not as a verb, but just, like, it just it's, like, such an emphasis of, like, fucking. I even, like... See, cringe every time I say it. I'm still, you know, still unpacking here, unlearning. But yeah, I do try to avoid, I think, cursing because of that. But I've definitely started swearing a lot in New York. You're just like, hey, I'm fucking walking over here. God damn it. Yeah. Which wow. was like the big no-no of like, oh, you can't say the Lord's name in vain. And I said, God damn it. <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I was noticing you say a lot of goshes. So I was like, gosh. oh, she, she don't say God. You know, you're not like, oh, God. You're like, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, God is for a very specific situation. I feel like gosh is more of the filler yeah. word. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Dig yeah. It. Yeah. All right, here we are. Next question. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Cooking. It's not even teaching anymore. Whoa. I thought teaching yeah. would have come up, but cooking came out real quick. Well, here's the thing. I think you have a very great opportunity as a performer to be an educator as well. Mm. A lot of the times they cross paths or go hand in hand so yeah i think arts and arts education kind of go in tandem because like you said uh someone coming to see me or see a show could inspire them to be like this is what i want to do and a lot of art not all art but right it's like the to educate, to be a reflection of life or society. Like, yeah. So I think cooking, I don't know. Dig it. I feel like teaching will be part of life. <laughs> so maybe that's why I didn't say it, because it's going to happen. It's naturally ingrained in you, like you're always going to be some sort of teacher. 
Yeah, I think so because you know why like we look up to like people who are older than us or who have walked this path. It's like they can share with us the wisdom and like me sharing my life story or my life experiences can teach, you know, like even the whole like flea thing that you brought up. Like that's such a huge teaching moment of like, oh yeah, that's exactly like we need to just take the rip the top off, man. <laughs> <laughs> like people say the sky's the limit, but if you are surrounded by people who keep lowering your sky, you start like, not believing in how high you can jump. Yeah, you need to surround yourself with people who are gonna break that like glass ceiling for you, like mm-hmm. with you, you know, like lean in. Um, so yeah, I feel like that also comes with a lot of the education part, you know, Mm -hmm. just even the ad, like the advocacy for just representation, um, that comes with like a lot of opportunities to like engage and educate, whether it's through social media or like even podcasts like this, like hopefully someone walks away, you know, having learned something about me or about life or about where are the, who are the people who are lowering their, you know what I mean? Who are limiting them and putting this Tupperware. This podcast episode is sponsored by Tupperware. (laughs) (laughs) You know? So that's why I think I said cooking, chef, sous chef. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Wonderful. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Next question. What profession would you not like to attempt? (laughs) Anything that requires thinking. Um, just kidding. Not like to attempt. Sorry to interrupt. Just a heads up. Your microphone is rubbing up against your shirt. And- <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> the, the, That's the, the profession the- I would not attempt. <laughs> being a sound engineer <laughs> or a podcast interviewer. <laughs> is it still doing that? No, you're good now. It's just that when you're like chilling in the back right here. It, like it kept oh, like just like chill like rubbing up against like, your shirt. So that's just like ten minutes of people. <laughs> I mean, it, it was like maybe like ten but, seconds of like ASMR. Like it does was. Does it good. help to hold it here? Like how people do when they sing on TikTok? They like hold it like this. <laughs> I mean, it sounds good, but I mean, you've had the mic the way it was uh, the whole time. That it'll be fine once I because I do do some editing in this show where I just level out, you know. The okay. audio, something I got from CSUN also. Shout out CSUN. Uh, but but no, no, yeah, that wonderful now. Just when you were chilling, it, it was just Now I'm just like trying to be a yeah, there's a rock. No, you're good. So, that's not my ministry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Doctor, lawyer, all the things that people think Asian people are. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to be like the opposite. <laughs> but also like, yeah, I can't, I don't think doctor is definitely not the medical field. Okay. I will play one. I will play. I will gladly play all those things in a series. You want me in a medical like, or, Scrubs. you know, procedural drama. I'm there. I'm there, but not in real life. Mm-mm. She's not a doctor, but she'll play one. Cool. Mm-hmm. And lawyer. Oh, and lawyer. Sorry. Don't, don't limit yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Red. All right. Final question. Oh. If heaven exists, 
what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Is that something you added or this is part of the inside the actor studio? It's part of it. It's part of it. Mm Mm-hmm. That, and I, what I like about this question is that it starts with if heaven exists, because we all have our own beliefs, right, about what the afterlife is, you know, what the all supreme being at the end of the road is. But I love that it, it doesn't this question doesn't start off like definitively. It starts off, you know, just hypothetically posing, you know, if heaven exists. Hmm. What were some of the funniest ones you've heard? You know what? I think this time I'm just going to let you sit in silence and let you think about no! this question. <laughs> I want to. It didn't work. Um, <laughs> no, I know immediately what I like when you ask that question. Mm-hmm. I already have a script for it. <laughs> it's uh, literally lifted from the Bible, but <laughs> really? it is it is well done. Good and faithful servant. Mm. That's like the greatest uh, affirmation of a life well lived of just, you know, if heaven exists and if God existed to just examine your whole life and to take it before this, you know, omnipresent God and for to hear those words like well done because Like, I walked through a lot of life, especially with this whole, you know, even this year. Like, we can't talk about, not not today, about the past two years. That's a different episode. But just, you know, I I know that, like, so much um, the dream is to be on Broadway for many aspiring artists, like, in theater. And it definitely has been for me. But there are so many days that I walk through life, like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything right. Like, I feel like I'm not eating right. I feel like I'm not sleeping right. I feel like I'm not budgeting right. I feel like I'm not making friends right. I feel like I'm not uh, doing this long-distance relationship with my partner right. Like, but when you die, (laughs) Hmm. and if there is a heaven, if there's a God that's like, no, you did everything right. That's like pretty cool. And I know the word servant can be a little bit of a trigger thing, but but I would like to think because before in my naive, naive way of thinking, like in college of like actors are so, you know, self-consumed, self-absorbed people. And sure, a lot of the fame and the Hollywood stuff of this industry makes it seem like so. But when we just examine, like, the art of storytelling, you are agreeing to be a vessel. It is actually, I think my friend was trying to tell me, like, um, it's like a service job. You don't think of it that way because a lot of the, the fantasized stuff is about how all these people are serving the actor and the famous ones, the A-lister ones, right? But... When you think about it, it really is like an act of service Mm. to you are trying to empty yourself to step into and create this world for others to see and feel something, you know. So, yeah, it's 
Isn't, you know, the whole tragedy thing, doesn't it, like, come from, like, goat song and, like, whole theater thing of just being, like, sacrificed and stuff? I mean, that's all my drama one-two from high school stuff. But just, yeah, it is a sacrifice. Um, so that, I think, people don't really talk about. Like, TBH... I know you said we can kind of go on as long as we want, and maybe I'm going off on this tangent. But, like, when I arrived for this contract, my very first Broadway show, I quickly learned that, you know, obviously there were the amazing once-in-a-lifetime opportunity things of just, like, I get to be on the same... I get to share a stage with Andre DeShields. What? (laughs) <laughs> and Amber Gray and Eva Noblezada, like, I was literally in the sixth row watching her just act and sing her face off in Miss Saigon, and now she's, like, six feet away from me, and we're doing this put-in rehearsal? Like, what is my life? But it also, there were moments when it felt like, going back to the Dorothy thing, like, I literally, the veil behind the curtain, you, like, meet the wizard, And there are parts of this industry that are still very disappointing. Mm. Again, because it's all cooked in to no matter what, no matter what industry you're in, it's all cooked in. Who gets to be in charge? Who has the power? Who has the money? So, you know, it's not perfect. And yeah, so I think I just wanted to say that too, because I know we didn't get to talk a lot about um, Hades Town. Um, like, I basically auditioned for this in my bedroom while quarantined with COVID. <laughs> wait, wait, with COVID? Like, you had COVID? Mm-hmm. I had COVID and wow. I was doing the dance. I was doing the dance in my bedroom. And um, I went to like a call back in New York, like, first week of January. And then like less than uh, 10 days later, I was starting rehearsals. So I had to move to New York City in a week. What the hell? Wow. So I say it takes six years, but also sometimes it takes six days. Like with, you know, I have, what, how many years has it been? Oh, it's been more than six years since we graduated. But I'm just saying like, it feels, yeah. Like how it works sometimes is actually it took you know, like eight years, 10 years, six years, but sometimes it feels like things just happen overnight or like, you know, um, and that's like the, the crazy reality of it all. But yeah, to go back to your question, (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I think, I think it is the well done, good and faithful servant. And I think it's like, my goal is to try to live, to walk in my life now Mm-hmm. with a confidence, not an entitlement, but a confidence that I would hear it because I think that would help me extend so much more grace to myself and to people walking around me or alongside me. Mm-hmm. If I just walked with that confidence of knowing that if there were he- like, if there was a heaven, if there was a God who was loving, you know, like that's those are the words I would hear. Then I feel like how I walk should be different, 
but you know, that's why I'm in therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, wonderful. Wonderfully said. Uh, We got to the end of the podcast, Grace. What a we journey. Went full circle. This is beautiful. This is a great, great. And I, we didn't we didn't even get to touch on too much on Hadestown. I didn't want to just let this episode be engulfed by your current project. You know, we can talk about that more hopefully on your next, you know, appearance on the podcast. But I wanted, you know, I uh, wanted to, again, like I told you when we started this, just to get to know you more, you know, share who you are, you know, your story. Because that's also what I want this podcast to be uh, as a transmitter. You know, maybe just that one, even if it's that one person who listens to this show and and is like, Grace, you wait, she's on Broadway. Wait, wow. Her story is almost like mine. Mm -hmm. I can, too, because taking off the Tupperware container is one thing, but then you have to have the courage to jump higher than you did before. And that can be petrifying for a lot of people. Oh, that's my that's my favorite word. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I think, um, but it's also living in the in-between of that, right? Because there's the courage to jump higher than before, but also, like, stop living in the future of just constantly being in this what's next. Mm. Like so many actors do. Because, again, like I said, 98% of us are unemployed at all given times. So there's a lot of us asking what's next, and sometimes it feels like nothing. Um Literally, like, one year ago, I was working at Ross, dressed for less. I was really bad at my job. Really bad. Like, that was August 2021. I was working in my local Ross store because I was, I was, I didn't know what was next. But I still, like, needed a job and some sort of income. Um, anyway. I love it. I love it here. (laughs) We're going to, we'll end it here. Uh, this is now the chance for you to just share with the listeners, you know, let them know what you're doing, where they can find you, you know, your mm-hmm. social medias and whatnot. This is your chance to just plug yourself in. Uh, take it away, Grace. You can find me in New York City <laughs> six <laughs> days a week at the Walter Kurt Theater um, in Hadestown. And I believe my writer ends uh, January, but who knows? Will I stay on? Again, not trying to live in the what's next. Um, Social media, Instagram, TikTok, it's at Kimchi on Broadway. That's K-I-M-C-H-I on Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because my handle used to be Gracie Lou Freebush. And that had to, that it was time to let that go. I loved Gracie Lee Freebush, but it was time. Well, it was. Sounds like there's a story there between like you changing the handles on your social medias. Whoa! It's from its congeniality. It was like <laughs> one of my one of my favorite movies, Gracie Lee Freebush. Yeah. Um, but no, it was just like the whole idea of kimchi being like, you know, aging something that ages like wine. You mm. know, and. You start off, and I kind of compare it a lot to just my journey as an actor of just you start, like, not very fermented, super green, literally, like a cabbage. And it just takes time to ferment and become, develop flavors, textures, richness. And also, like, I want to slap the hell out of the Great White Way. I want a kimchi slap all over Broadway. Mm. Oh, that probably brushed against my shirt, but... Love it. Well, thank you. Thank you, Grace. I appreciate you being here. 
Thank you, thank you. What's going on, everybody? That was episode 70, done and done. Grace, you. Hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, Grace, it's like I said, man, I, I said so many times already. It was just a pleasure to have her on the show. Uh, it's definitely it's a great chance for me to talk to another person who um, who's also, you know, first generation American, whose parents, you know, weren't born here in this country and who have decided to take this path of creativity and artistry um yeah, i was just talking about this with another friend just you know having that experience it's a different kind of experience when your parents aren't born in this country you know the different pressures that that can come about uh but yeah just hope y'all enjoyed all right if you uh if you want to know more about grace you when she's up to please go check out her her instagram she's on instagram kimchi on broadway uh k-i-m-c-h-i O-N-B-R-O-A-D W-A-Y Kimchi on Broadway. She's got the same handle on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, and if you're in New York and, you know, you happen to see uh, Grace Yu uh, performing there, you know, go check it out. Have fun. Enjoy the show. Because uh, why not her right now? You know? Why why not why not her to be a lead on in, in New York Broadway? Why not? She took it. Mm, it was good. Uh, and yeah, my, my, my links are down there and just in the description below. Did I mention that hers are? Shoot, I didn't. <laughs> All her links are going to be in the description below. I'll put, I'll put them there. Uh, mine are going to be down in the description below too. You know, just Google Steven Brogan Cortez. Just Google it. Go on the YouTubes. Don't go on Netflix. I don't think I have anything on Netflix yet. What? No. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Oh, and don't forget. Do not forget that you're enough. You're more than enough. It's pretty insane how enough you are. Okay, bye.